0: Welcome back, everybody, to The Luke Beasley Show. I hope you're doing wonderful on this Tuesday. Uh, you can probably tell, you can definitely tell if you're a video viewer, maybe if you're a podcast listener, that we're not in studio this week. Um, I mentioned to the patrons on the uh, Saturday bonus show that I'll be traveling Tuesday through Friday, a little bit of a vacation, um, but we'll still be doing the show, as you can see uh, from here. So. It'll be this, and the next week we'll be back in studio, everything back to normal. With that being said, let's dive into today's show. Donald Trump uh, did an event in Iowa, spoke in Davenport, uh, Iowa, and I want to walk through some moments from it. Definitely a bizarre, bizarre speech from him, as pretty much all of them are, um, but this one definitely even more so. And the first is kind of a good representation of that, where he's talking about his belief that insane asylums are being emptied out into the United States by other countries, um, and has a little trouble, we'll say, with making his point.
1: Insane are empty. They're mental institutions. They're insane asylums, a word you're not supposed to use anymore. Words you're not supposed to use, unlike Biden. I have three words for you. To get. We don't want to be caught in that predicament. So two words. Insane asylum. A word, these are words you're not supposed to be uh, using anymore. It's not politically incorrect. But mental institutions are being emptied out. prisons are emptied.
0: So <laughs> he ends with another slip up saying it's not politically incorrect, Of course, conveying the opposite uh, point than the one I'm sure he was trying to make. And then he floats, breaking up the Department of Education.
1: Select somebody who will who will get the job done. In addition, I am going to pursue, and we studied it very closely, and I was getting ready to do it, pull the trigger, the long-term goal, but now it's a short-term goal, of breaking up the Federal Department of Education and redistributing its functions to the states.
0: One of the more excited moments from the perspective of the crowd there which is unfortunate because, of course, that's the exact opposite direction than the one we should be going. We should be investing more in education and utilizing the Department of Education to more properly enhance um, and, again, invest in the educational process so that kids come out into the world actually having the knowledge and the tools and the intellectual uh, strength to really succeed as an adult. But, He's going in the exact opposite way. Then another one of his rants about nuclear.
1: And now they're talking about it all the time. It will be a nuclear war, it'll be a nuclear war. You're not even allowed to say it. I had people come down from MIT and tell me about nuclear. The power is so enormous. So this is not like the second world war where we have army tanks and rifles and we go after each other. This is a level that uh, will possibly end the world and now they're talking about it all the time it will be
0: you know it's interesting and i talk about this a good bit apologies if you're watching in segment form and you didn't hear the beginning of the show i am traveling uh this week so the reason i'm staring up is to look at the monitor that is having to be up there but um this uh phenomenon i've talked about where it's really easy to Recognize and point at problems. The hard part is outlining solutions. And so, with many within the current political right wing, we've heard Tucker Carlson talk a lot about Russia's invasion of Ukraine, taking some vile stances on it. Uh, Trump and others who will criticize Biden, and their criticism is really just explaining a part of the problem being because Russia invaded Ukraine and Putin is constantly threatening uh and boasting about russia's nuclear power there is more of a threat now than there has been in a very long time of a possible nuclear conflict and that is terrifying and so they'll they'll point at that and say oh my gosh that means whatever biden's doing must be terrible without at all recognizing that the reason we're in this situation is because putin decided to invade ukraine and has this distorted view that um he has to make Russia, you know, bring it back to its Soviet Union glory or whatever it might be and thinks Ukraine is a part of Russia and is thus causing all this carnage and a situation where globally we are in a terrifying moment. Now, is the solution then just do the opposite of what Biden's doing because clearly he's in the wrong here? No, because what we hear, especially I mentioned Tucker Carlson from individuals like him, is we shouldn't be supporting, he'll say, Ukraine. We shouldn't be giving the aid to Ukraine that we're currently giving, military, lethal, and otherwise. Explain to me how that makes us less likely to get into a disastrous situation when it comes to nuclear war, because Russia's not going to stop its invasion um, if the United States stop, stop supporting Ukraine, and we would be causing An even more unstable future where Russia is now able to take over another country, violate the sovereignty of another country, and would likely push further. And so allowing and supporting Ukraine in their defense of themselves is actually the push for long-term peace. It is the step you would take if you actually cared about long-term peace, just vaguely gesturing towards, oh, these problems are bad, true. And that's why we should stop supporting Ukraine, to me, doesn't make much sense. Then he's very proud of, (laughs) he thinks he came up with a caravan.
1: They'd be flying and they'd put planes on the runway so our planes couldn't land. They wouldn't let our buses in. They wouldn't let anything and They didn't want them back. They were gone. They were the ones that got them out. They'd put them in the caravans. I came up with that name, but it was a caravan. They'd put them in the caravans, oftentimes in the middle of the caravan. They'd be flying and they'd put planes on.
0: Hmm. Important stuff being discussed there. And then uh, we get to the attacking DeSantis part of the speech, which, as of now said countless times, I get very excited every time Trump starts raging at DeSantis and when I see DeSantis likely getting in the race because the more messy the primary gets, the more divided the GOP will be going in likely into the general election, and that is good news uh for the next few years meaning they would be more likely to lose the general election to whoever the democratic nominee is here's this first moment
1: okay so remember this ron the did anyone ever hear of the sanctus the sanctimonious the sanct no Ron sanctus strongly opposed ethanol do you know that and we don't even know if he's running but i might as well tell you if he's not running i'll say he was fine on ethanol don't worry about it.
0: He strongly opposed that. That's always such a weird admission that Trump will, uh, or any time it happens, it's quite the stunning admission. There's been times where he'll say, "If polling is," I just heard something strange come out of the TV. Um, "If polling is good, I'll say it's great. If it's bad, I'll say it's wrong." Um, and with that, he's saying, "If DeSantis isn't actually challenging me, I'm not going to have a problem with some of his stances here." his criticism uh, on DeSantis's ethanol or Trump's depiction of DeSantis' ethanol stance. And then we get to another moment, kind of a typical attack line we've seen from Trump against anyone, but especially now DeSantis, which is he's just another establishment figure like Paul Ryan.
1: We're living the age of... But you have to remember, Ron was a disciple of Paul Ryan who is a rhino loser who currently is destroying Fox and would constantly vote against entitlements. He would just vote against, remember that, the wheelchair over the cliffs. The Democrats used it. The wheelchair over the cliff commercial, very effective. That was about him. But Ryan, Paul Ryan's a big reason that Mitt Romney, I'm not a big fan of Mitt Romney, lost his election. And to be honest with you, Ron, reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. So... I don't think you're going to be doing so well here, but we're going to find out. But those are the facts. But I'm proud to say the final numbers were <laughs> leaving.
0: So uh, a rhino is another term, as I bump my mic, um, that Trump will use against anyone who disagrees with them, Republican in name only and uh, for DeSantis. It is just going to be really fascinating to see because a lot of times when Trump says that about someone, they really are more of an established uh, establishment figure. So when he says that about Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney is more of an old fashioned Republican. There's a term people would use or moderate Republican and comes out on the side of reason more times than Trump does. Right. And that makes him a rhino to Trump. But DeSantis is trying really hard to make himself out to be to the Trump base and to the Republican Party. Yes, a little bit more of a a professional politician, but also still bonkers, also still um, right wing as as it gets. And um, so seeing how these attack lines actually stick or don't stick to DeSantis in the eyes of the Republican Party base will be fascinating to watch. And then talking about uh, DeSantis once more
1: like doing it so on top of this the publication said trump still has really high approval ratings with the republican voter base is defeating ron desantis in poll after poll by a lot and i'm beating joe biden by a lot very importantly so i like doing it so on top of this
0: so for what i'm about to say i recognize i am not the person to give trump strategy advice when it comes to how to win over his own base because I don't understand the MAGA base at all um, and would have thought they would turn against someone like Trump long ago if the world was reasonable. But it is strange to see Trump almost giving DeSantis a lot of relevance and power as he attacks DeSantis before DeSantis has even gotten into the race formally. And you would think kind of again in a reasonable world it would be a bad idea for a candidate who has announced formally to constantly talk about a candidate who hasn't and kind of keep their names uh their name in the headlines over and over and make them out to be a powerful figure to your audience because clearly you're concerned about them and that's what trump's attacks make me uh feel or that's the impression that I get, but obviously the MAGA Base loves these types of kind of childish attacks, even if they're preemptive attacks against DeSantis before before he's actually gotten to the race. And then we'll get to him as he has to do in every single public appearance that he possibly does, talking about the election being stolen, which of course it wasn't.
1: But we had an election that was uh, not a good situation, not good at all. You've seen a lot of the reasons for it's a disgrace. We got more votes than any sitting president in history by a lot, by millions. We got 75 million votes. More. That's what they report. They say the other guy got 80. I don't think so. I don't think so. He did one hell of a job from his basement. But that's what it is. It's a very sad situation. In total, I successfully negotiated.
0: So saying that Biden didn't really get the amount of votes that he did get. um, And it is fascinating, this line of, I got more votes um, than any other president. And actually, I have one more clip for you after this. It's true. He got a record amount of votes, and then Biden got more than that that's just the way that it went i'm sorry i know that's crushing to your heart but that's just the reality and waging an all-out assault on our democratic process and the belief in our democratic system is not the justified response when your fifis are damaged final moment here um he's going to end woke
1: together we will end the era of weaponized government forever we will end woke we will crush the deep state we will
0: he's going to end woke and crush um the deep state i know i probably look strange looking up at the monitor guys we're doing what we gotta do to make sure the show continues on while i'm uh traveling but there it is another trump speech and I am just getting so pumped, because I still have kind of the DeSantis moments on my mind, um, so pumped for Trump and DeSantis to be in the race and whoever else ends up getting in the Republican primary and cause a messy situation that will, while what it represents about the modern state of the Republican party is disastrous and dangerous and terrifying, it will also be rather entertaining uh, to cover and to observe. So we just wrapped up talking about Trump's speech in Iowa. Now I want to look at his supporters as they were entering this event. Uh, Right Side Broadcasting had a guy on the ground there um, talking to people as they were walking in. And some wacky stuff. The last clip, I'm going to save it for the end. The last clip I'm going to show you will be when everything just kind of goes terribly wrong and falls apart. And uh, it's quite the disaster. But before that, other wacky stuff to look at. The first series of clips I want to show you has to do with this this thing that I feel Trump supporters have to be doing, which is kind of gaslighting everyone who doesn't support Trump and uh, playing a joke almost in this type of setting because he asks about Trump. And the first thing that comes to mind for many of them as to why they love Trump is how honest he is. I've heard a lot of people say a lot of things about Trump. Honest, not one that I think many people will agree to. But uh, take a look at this.
2: And Trump, what do you miss about him the most?
3: Well, that's his honor. Uh, everything. 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 Everything, right? It is her yeah. Everything um, realness, is
2: realness. Yeah. Everything. A- America-loving, straight
1: talk. He loves us. Yeah, right. yeah. He does. He loves us. He's hey. never lied. He's kept all his
0: promises. President hey. Trump, what do you miss about? Him? He's never lied. He's kept all of his promises. It's just a whole different world, a whole different world. The wild thing is some, I, I get, if they're getting their news from one place, they would think, no, that's fake news, the other things, but this is actually good. And Trump's being honest here, and they're lying about him lying, but some things he said, and then he didn't do. And you would admit that he said it and that he didn't do it. For example, he said he was going to propose an infrastructure plan. He never did. Just simple things like that. Said he was going to do it. Never did it. Said he was going to have a health care plan that was way better than Obamacare. Never did it. Those things you can verify, even if you don't trust any other news outlets besides the ones you follow, you can still verify based on his words and his actions. Pretty uh, bonkers. Then hear another person sharing this sentiment what do, we do? Uh, what do you miss the most about president trump
1: truth and honesty yeah yeah truth and honesty. yeah, yeah. That he, Being, cares, that he
0: truly cares about america he cares about america at least as far as it's been documented no president has lied as much as trump just tens of thousands of lies um have exited that man's face and it's Again, it feels like they're pranking us to say that confidently when it could not be further from the truth. And then one more example of this. Um, Biggest things you miss about President Trump?
2: The frankness, the honesty.
0: Honesty, yeah. It's been said before, but I think um, some of what people are getting wrong here is being blunt or being as they see it not politically correct, or anti-woke, doesn't necessarily mean you're being honest, right? You can say things that are blunt and still be really dishonest. And I think people mistake his uh, kind of not-politician-y style of speaking, and his scandals, where all these different things that he's uh, done have come out, um, and his kind of inability to communicate effectively they mistake that for honesty because clearly he's just giving it to us as it is with all the flaws but he can have all those things he can be super blunt on stage or whatever that you like and also be really dishonest as has been verified time and time again then we get to the january 6 conspiracy theories you see it start at trump or tucker carlson and then trickle down, and you talk to people on the ground, very much buying into these lies. Yeah. Well, let's just yes. keep.
2: Let's keep so that are. up. Well,
1: keep. out that the, the people that really did the damage weren't Trump supporters; they were Antifa or Black Lives uh, yeah. Matter. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah.
0: well, let's just. <laughs> so, when I've gone to rallies and talked to some Trump supporters, that's a common one that it was Antifa, Black Lives Matter, who actually did January sixth, and that individual thinks that. Tucker proved that. And it just is not true. We've talked about this on the show. It's just not true. And it's stunning watching Tucker try to distract from the truth of January 6th in a very lazy and ineffective way. And you'll be watching on screen what he's showing you, what's supposed to be proving the things that he's saying. And his narration is saying, see, this is showing X, Y, or Z. And you're just not seeing X, Y, or Z with this whole uh, january sixth piece he's doing with the security footage and that supporter very likely didn't even see the thing that he thinks proves that it was antifa and blm but heard that that was proven does that make sense he was told tucker proved it um often that's how it goes then A lady saying that Trump is king. Be the people, the comeback tour. Now Trump is king in Iowa.
2: Exactly, he's he's king everywhere. He's a king everywhere. All over the world.
0: world. Yeah. Be the. Yikes. That sounds like a nightmare I've had before. Um, and then moving forward, we're getting to that moment when everything just goes terribly wrong. Um, but there were counter protesters who had a sign saying Trump is a traitor, and uh, they were very confused as to why someone would believe that.
2: He's in the White House. Yeah, see if we can get a shot at that.
0: Traitor? Traitor for what? That's
3: what I said to him. I said traitor for what? He's
2: America first.
3: (laughs) He's hugging the American
2: flag. He's fighting for
0: America. I don't understand these people. We
2: don't either.
0: She said he's hugging the American flag. He has indeed hugged the American flag. I don't know how that makes him necessarily not a traitor but um just to explain it in case that individual were to ever see this or if you're curious why would trump be a traitor to me it's pretty traitorous to be the president of the united states lose an election and then because you can't take the fact that you lost because you don't want to give up the power because you lost you attempt to stay present stay in the white house come up with this whole plan to select an alternate slate of electors and Pence will do this, to throw into a constitutional crisis. Trump can say, oh, I I have to stay president and we can't do the peaceful transition power. That's what was going on. An attempted coup. That, to me, makes you a traitor when you attempt to overthrow our democratic process, all based on lies that you've told about the election. Um, then things start unraveling. This is the second to last clip. Um, <laughs> when... <laughs> You'll see. There's some cutting in line accusations.
2: What's your name? Brian, Right Brian. Side Broadcasting. Yeah, I, Thank and you. He likes Trump so much he cut in line in front of 800 people. Did you? Oh, did I walked oh. up with no courtesy to anybody else in line. I did not know a rapper on the corner. I saw you guys oh. at the back. But
3: you never moved when we informed
2: you. No, Let's be a negotiator. So Trump, Trump's we a know. negotiator.
3: A neg- okay, look, negotiate. But, the but look,
2: but look, <laughs> all, look at the senior citizens yeah. that he put in front of. Mm. All about him. No. No, I, I'm Remember the show People's Court? Remember People's Court? Mm-hmm. Judge Wapner? Oh, done, yeah. Dun 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 dun, no, dun. No, no. Alright, well let's let's maybe give him a hall pass. Well, I bit. didn't
3: knock him down. That's right. No. Are we
2: gonna be alright? I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
0: <sighs> yeah. True that. Um no cuts, no butts, no coconuts, as the kids used to say. That's what I was saying back in grade school. Um, and then here's where things just shoo- and the interviewer i'm blanking on the guy's name i know we've covered him before the right side broadcasting guy but he doesn't know how to bring things back to back to reason to our newsletter uh, rsbnetwork.com slash
3: pussy.
2: Yo,
0: don't do that don't do that
2: hey don't do that
0: Not much hey. hey how you doing
2: Go to our website.
0: That's <laughs> all going to... say to our newsletter. So if you missed it, a Trump supporter walked by and shouted, grab her by the P word. Um, and then the right side broadcasting guy didn't quite know how to recover. And I'm, I know a right winger or a Trump supporter would say, he was just kidding because the media is always focusing on that. Yeah, isn't it real funny that... Our former president and uh, most likely Republican nominee um, just openly talked about that, just openly bragged about sexual assault. Isn't that hilarious? Um, so there's that wild stuff, guys. Let me know what you think. Luke P. Beasley on Twitter. You probably heard by now about the Silicon Valley bank collapse um, and the Signature Bank collapse in New York, but. For the purposes of this segment, we're focusing on the Silicon Valley bank uh, failure. And the FDIC now has taken control um, of the Silicon Valley bank, getting things stabilized, going through that process. And I will say, as a side note, the Biden administration's response to all this, I think, has been pretty good. Um, because there's a lot of uncertainty in a moment when a really big bank collapses. Um, and I think it's been getting handled pretty good. But what I want to talk about here is the Republican right-wing response to this. And you'll never guess. You'll never guess what they're blaming for this bank failure. Woke. (laughs) When all you have is a hammer, everything looks like uh, nails. So I'm going to give you some examples of this. It actually had to do with their investment decisions and economic factors that were impacting them. But the woke monster strikes again in the eyes of Republicans. Um, take a look at James Comer first.
1: They were a woke bank.
0: If you look at their... Hey, let me, uh, start this over and then we'll discuss a little bit more the absurdity of this. Uh,
1: they were a woke bank. If you look at their, uh, director of risk management... Uh, she brags about their diversified ESG portfolio. And the problem is that uh, a lot of this is fantasy land. It's like the Green New Deal. It doesn't work. It doesn't pencil out. And if you're a bank being insured by the federal government, which is the FDIC, your responsibility is to grant loans to people who can actually pay them.
0: Okay, let me give you a few more
2: examples here. But that's not the end of the story. In some ways, it's the beginning. So here's the part where you pause and ask yourself a question that too few seem to be considering right now. They're doing this, what are they gonna get in return? Oh, something for sure. Remember that after 2008, the Obama administration, Eric Holder swooped in and imposed DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion standards on the entire financial sector. And that's one of the main reasons our big banks are now increasingly incompetent and also one of the reasons Americans are so divided by race. Ideologues use the 2008 bank bailout to
0: kill American meritocracy. That's a- Okay, so um, you can find countless examples of this being the talking point for the purposes of time. I'll stop there with Tucker and let Biden actually lay out when he was addressing um, the bank collapse. What actually? is to blame here? What actually should be the conversation in regard uh, to this situation?
3: During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again.
0: So once again, we're in this situation, a similar conversation we had about East Palestine, where the right will explode saying it's Biden and the wokesters, diversity, equity, inclusion, all these different things. That's what caused this. And then you dive into the facts, you dive into the specifics, and it's actually stuff like this. Why
1: in the first 100 days I have taken action to roll back burdensome regulations that undermine community banks, especially, I know you're going to be very disappointed at this, Dodd-Frank, right? No, it's out of control. And by the way, not only for community banks, for banks, period. We can take community out of that one, right? No, Dodd-Frank, we're uh, working on that right now, and you'll see a very big difference because you want to get out and make our country work.
0: So instead of creating this this mythical creature, woke, wokeness, and obsessing over that in every situation and applying that to everything you possibly can and getting nowhere with it, I would suggest some of those on the right use this as an opportunity to turn around and think and have a conversation with your own side, with your own uh, set of individuals that believe and buy into your ideology. Is it really the way we want to go? Is it really the Ideology we want to push that is constantly saying deregulation is the best policy. Uh, let the free market always do its thing. Don't intervene. Because in East Palestine, we see that regulations are necessary to make sure train derailments don't happen like that. Forcing companies to have proper safety protocols is how we prevent situations like that. With this, Dodd Frank and other regulations, that's how we make sure bank collapses don't happen like this. That's how we make sure um we have a more stable economic situation as a whole. And for the purposes of short-term profit or just an ideological slant, so often conservatives push the direction of roll back the regulations, they're burdensome, they're unnecessary, and then we're in a place, in multiple different industries, but since we're talking about banking, where it's less stable and it's less... Um, structured in a way that prevents situations like the one we're dealing with now and so it could not be more the opposite of what is being talked about within these circles and it's pretty wild to watch tucker carlson appeared on the full sin podcast and i have a couple moments from this for you (laughs) they're strange uh obviously i don't mean literally but The phrase that came to mind when I watched one of these clips was, it seems Tucker Carlson's having a little bit of a mental breakdown because he's given off weird vibes, guys. And part of it is when he's not in his studio with his script, he actually is not great at handling interviews, I've noticed at least, and gives off really weird vibes. And you'll notice that here in a second. But first clip I'm going to show you is on the subject of Trump. Saying over and over and over that if he were president, he would be able to end the uh, Russia Ukraine war, Russia's invasion of Ukraine in 24 hours. Not providing any specifics as to how he would do that, um, just magic, but he thinks he'd end it in 24 hours. Of course, that is absurd. It wouldn't happen. But um, Tucker Carlson gets asked about that. And in what he says, I want to kind of dissect a lot of the dishonesty. In Tucker Carlson's whole approach to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, something we've discussed a lot in the past. But here's this
2: better place when China and Russia control the majority. of it. You just can't say that. No. I'm sorry. You just can't. No, You can't. And yet they're making that a dead certainty.
0: Wow. Well, Trump, I saw Trump said he could close that uh, in 24 hours if he wanted to. Do you think he could?
2: I have no idea. I mean, he couldn't build a border wall in four years. So, you know, um. There is a gap between promises and delivery with all politicians, very much including him. But I will say in Trump's defense, and maybe because he's a little bit autistic, he saw (laughs) the stakes of this like at the very beginning. He's like, you don't want. And this is what I do love about Trump, particularly in foreign policy. He sees the big stuff. He's like, wait, you've got Russia and China. They don't trust each other. We can't let them get together. They'll kick our ass and we'll be we're not going to fight a war against them. One hopes. But we'll definitely be taking orders from them. Definitely. Mm -hmm. No. And he said that five years ago when everyone's like, shut up, racist. (laughs) Okay. He's a racist. But is he wrong? Like, what? why don't you address the question? Shut up, racist. Okay. He's a racist. All right. Got it. But he says... If we start a war by proxy against Russia, Russia will align with China and we'll be fucked. Like, how do you... Do you think that's true or not? Shut up. I mean, they would never address
0: it. Mm -hmm.
2: And that's when I...
0: So, Tucker, is this person who keeps calling Trump racist for saying China and Russia working together would be dangerous? Are they in the room with you right now? (laughs) Because... What are you talking about? This is what Tucker Carlson has kind of grabbed onto, I've noticed. If he doesn't actually have a good way to dishonestly characterize what the other side believes that he could knock down, he just comes up with one. Oh, the issue with Trump and his foreign policy was that people were saying him, what, what? Being against NATO or something or being against... China and Russia working together. When was that even a discussion? But um made him racist? (laughs) As Tucker does. Again, that's something's wrong. Something's wrong with Tucker Carlson these days, I gotta tell you. Um, but he's just being deeply dishonest, because what does he keep saying? Alluding to or explicitly? The United States is the one causing Russia, China to have to unite in some horrible conflict and This is a proxy war. The United States is trying to um, continue. And Tucker's constantly talking about how it's kind of the United States uh, warmongers who are trying to keep this going for this reason or that reason. And it's just not accurate. We have a past as a country of so many foreign policy decisions, interventions in countries that just were not justified. Us supporting Ukraine in their defense of themselves when an authoritarian uh, country is trying to take them over and occupy their sovereign country, it is perfectly justified and it is in the interest of long-term peace for the United States to support Ukraine in that situation. And uh, the Biden administration's actions in doing that and uniting the world around um, supporting Ukraine have been very good. And so Tucker Carlson's similar to what we talked about previously in today's show, pointing at a problem and saying that the presence of that problem means the solution being put forward is bad, but not explaining why the solution is bad. What I mean by that is he'll say nuclear war is more likely now than it has been previously and uh, Russia and China are now kind of getting more cozy than is probably comfortable um, if they have certain ambitions with that. And then you continue, etc. But that's him. That's his proof for why what Biden's doing is wrong. But he hasn't explained why the current United States' policy is wrong, except for to lie about it being the reason that Russia keeps invading Ukraine. Which is not true. Russia keeps invading Ukraine because Putin has decided he wants to try to take over Ukraine. That's why. Um, it's wild. Second moment here his views on Andrew Tate. I guess this is a crazy transition, but going off like the masculinity thing, you recently
2: talked about how Andrew Tate is a, it was a setup. Oh, you think? No, I just want to hear (laughs) what you're, I think so too, but I want to hear your whole synopsis (laughs) on it. At some point. So, so Andrew Tate, who I'm not, you know, an intimate friend of or anything. I've talked to him. You had him on the show, right? I had him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. For like 40 minutes. And then I, uh, and I've talked to him uh, just personal offline once or twice, twice. Um, he's First of all, he's really smart. Mm-hmm. Like That's completely real. 100%. 100%. And I'm almost 54. So I'm really old. So there are parts of what he says that are like so far out of my world or context or experience that like old, as you get older, you're like, I'm not exactly sure what
0: this like means only, like only fans and shit right right i was like
2: what Only, you know yeah. that whole uh, you know <laughs> so there's a lot i will just say it i'm I mean, just being honest there's a, some that i miss yeah about andrew tate but the spirit that animates andrew tate is very clear and very obvious and it's not a malicious spirit at all andrew tate's core message is respect yourself act like you're worth something achieve something do something get the fuck off the couch put down the porn mm-hmm. like
0: go do something with your life so, Tucker is now on the side of Andrew Tate is being framed. This is a setup. Um, of course, he was arrested for human trafficking. That case is still playing itself out. Um, but some significant evidence <laughs> has come to surface through reporting about what's being uh, investigated. But what's kind of ironic about what Tucker Carlson just said there, he said, get... Off the couch, this is Andrew Tate's message. Get off the couch, have respect for yourself, and stop watching porn. Andrew Tate made a bunch of his money off of a webcam business, and what's being alleged here, what's being investigated, is him human trafficking for that webcam business. Um, so, you know, webcam, what that is, what's going on there, it's porn or I don't know, interactive porn, I guess you would say. So I don't know if his message is stop watching porn when that's quite literally how he built his his wealth. But all around, of course Tucker Carlson's going to defend even Andrew Tate because uh, that's what Tucker Carlson does. I think the only metric he has is how different can he be than those he hates. So if he has this image of a progressive in his mind, I think he just thinks what would be the most oppositional view to them. I don't care if I even believe it. I just want to pick that view because his logic is just non-existent on Russia's invasion of Ukraine, on Andrew Tate, on immigration. And it really is just about provoking people. And the way that you provoke a lot of people and get a lot of people to like you within this part of the right wing is to be the own the libs guy or the anti-woke guy and not really stand for something yourself except for that President Biden visited Monterey Park, California, uh, the location of a recent mass shooting where 11 people were killed. Um, And at this event where he spoke to the people of Monterey Park, he also rolled out more actions his administration is going to be taking on gun control and an executive order, to be specific, to address gun violence. Texas. I signed in the law after being both
3: places a bipartisan safer communities act, most significant gun safety law in almost 30 years. That was in addition to me signing more executive actions to reduce gun violence than any of my predecessors at this point in the presidencies. Today, I'm announcing another executive order. that will accelerate and intensify this work to save more lives more quickly. First, This executive order helps keep firearms out of dangerous hands, as I continue to call on Congress to require background checks for all firearm sales. And in the meantime, in the meantime, my executive order directs my attorney general to take every lawful action possible, possible to move us as close as we can to universal background checks without new legislation. I just, it's just common
0: sense. Indeed, it is. And I want to bring this up one more time. I said that as if it'll be my last time. It won't be my last time. I'm going to bring it up again and then many times in the future. If Republicans are being honest, if Republicans are being genuine about wanting to protect the kids, and they talk so much about how drag queens pose this massive threat to kids but don't provide any evidence of that being the case and um call the left groomers constantly and they say that we are going after the kids and they're the ones who want to protect the kids how about we address what is the leading cause of death for kids in america and that's gun violence how about we address that and you say yeah sure we can address it but it's about mental health it's about um, locked doors at schools. And also, it's about the weapon being used. And also, it's about that killing tool that needs to be focused on. And we know, we absolutely know, the all the evidence supports the understanding that the way we can decrease a lot of these deaths specifically when talking about children, leading cause of death for children, is by more reasonably and responsibly regulating guns, making sure um, that an individual who, yes, has the mental health problems that need to be addressed, yes, has these horrible ambitions, and all of that, make sure they're less likely to get their hands on a weapon that's designed to kill as many people as possible. Um, And to me, I don't understand why this is controversial, and it definitely shows a lot of the disingenuousness coming from many within the right. Um, and then another moment here from this speech.
3: Investigation. There's more in this executive order, but I'm not stopping there. Last week, I laid out on my budget that we invest more in safer communities and expand access to mental health services for those affected by gun violence. Congressional Republicans should pass my budget instead of calling for cuts in these services or defunding the police or abolishing the FBI, as we hear from our MAGA Republican friends. But let's be clear, none of this absolves Congress the responsibility from, from the responsibility of acting to pass universal background checks, eliminate gun manufacturers immunity from liability. And I'm determined once again, the ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazine.
0: And as he's outlining there, while it's good that his administration is taking steps that are good um, in regard to gun violence, um, at the end of the day, the impact we need to see, if we're going to get the change that we need to see, it has to come from Congress. Because they're the only ones with the power to actually do something as expansive and impactful as what needs to be done. And so um, we'll quick, quickly walk through a little bit about this executive order. But again, it must be stated within this conversation that Congressional... Leaders, but specifically Republicans, need to get on board with more actions than this. Here from CBS, the executive order directs the attorney general to increase background checks by cracking down on gun sellers who don't perform them when required, with the goal of moving us as close as we can to universal background checks without new legislation, as Mr. Biden put it. The order also directs federal agencies to improve public awareness and promote the use of red flag laws and instructs the attorney general to release more information about federally licensed firearms uh, firearms dealers who violate the law. The directive further instructs the Pentagon to develop and implement principles to further firearm and um, public safety practices through the Department of Defense's acquisition of firearms. And it notes here that, as we saw in that clip, he continues to call for uh, the ban of assault wef- weapons and high capacity magazines which would both be the correct steps to take he acts confident that he would be able to get that done as long as there are some um there are many within our current political system who actively stand against those common sense actions even with the president who has the correct stance is not going to happen and that is what is so enraging and hopefully that will change make sure sure you're subscribed to the youtube channel Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. I will see you tomorrow.